today because he, he, he comes as a person without knowledge of what God has or is doing. And I love that. I love it when a prophetic gift can come and just minister out of their heart, not worrying about. And it's just amazing. I want you to open your hearts and receive the word of the Lord today from Herb Lee. Could you, would you please make, give him a Metro welcome? Please be seated. Please be seated. Pearl and I have been so blessed to reconnect with, with uh, Bishop Flynn and Carolyn. It seems like, in a way, we, we didn't leave. We haven't been apart that long, but it's we, we actually hadn't even spoken in 13 years up until last fall. And it, it was definitely a God thing that brought us back together again. And, and we came down this weekend not even knowing what we we're going to do. So last night at dinner when we we're finished, he says, you want to preach? So I didn't even know I was doing this till last night. But God knew. And that's the important thing, God knew. And, and uh this place has always felt very, very comfortable when I've been down here, and it feels like family. So can I talk to you like family? Even though I look, I look a little bit different. I look a, we're different at our place, too. We're, we're at a white church, so I look different there, too. And here I look different, too. So it kind of fits right in. So, But we're, Pearl and I just, just have loved the few days we're here and, and the spirit in the house. And, and I just want to share some things I hear God saying and uh, bring some things to hopefully challenge us this morning to go to where you need to be. Let me just read what I heard this morning from God uh, as I got up this morning and, and was listening for the house. Bricks have been laid down in this house. The bricks represent each of you. You helped build this house. This house is solid. You are solid. Do not waver from who you are. The challenge before you is to take the next step from whom you are to who God is calling you to be in this next season. Make no mistake. God does not make mistakes. What does not appear to be is only your starting place. The beauty of laying bricks down is that they can bear a load. There are some of you here that have need to be reminded that you are more than capable of bearing a load. This next season is not only important for you, but is strategic for this house. You're not here by accident. God wants to remind you that he does not make mistakes and he knows exactly what he's doing. When your thoughts do not line up with what God appears to be doing, change your thoughts. God says that you are more than enough. And I want to share this quote from George Washington Carver. No individual has any right to come into the world and go out of it without leaving behind his distinct and legitimate reasons for having passed through it. You are enough 
and you matter. You are enough and you matter. The sense I get as, as we're worshiping this morning is a reminder of who you are today. But you can't stop there. You can't stop in who you are today. You have done very well to get to where you are today. Some of you have fought tooth and nail to get to, you, to where you are today. But that's not enough because that's not enough for God. He has put so much inside of you. And let me, let me just share a passage from Psalm here. We are a little bit challenged this morning since I didn't have all my preparation tools. So, Psalm 139, verse 16, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. A reminder again that you were enough from the very beginning. God saw you the way you were before, the way you are today, and the way you're going to be. The challenge is we can't see who we're going to be. And we get stuck sometimes because we can't see who we're supposed to be, so we get stuck where we are. And God is saying, you are more than enough to go this next step. You are more than enough to go to the next level where God is, wants to take you. And I'm speaking to you each as an individual. As an individual. Because as the word said earlier, your bricks that have been set in this house, you matter. Some of you sit here and wonder if you matter. Some of you sit here and need encouragement. I'm saying to you, be encouraged because God sees it all and has seen it. And even though you didn't get an encouraging word when you needed one, God has always been there. God wants to take this house to the next step, and you're part of that. You are so important and so much a part of that. But don't get caught on feelings. Don't get caught on how you're feeling today. Believe the truth of God's word in your life. Believe that God has seen you from the very beginning. Believe that God has formed you for a time such as this. In 1 Corinthians 12, 17, or 18, it says, But God has placed the parts in the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So you're not misplaced right now. You're not misplaced. I've always wondered myself. I've always said to people, I wonder what I'm going to be when I grow up. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. There's a place where you're at and you're more than enough. You're more than enough. I have to keep saying that because God keeps, keeps ringing that in my head for, for you. We sang earlier, I still believe what my eyes can't see. Is that true? 
I still believe what our eyes can't see. Jim Quick, who is a, a learning expert, said, don't just add years to your life, add life to your years. Add life to your years. It doesn't matter if you're the oldest one here or the youngest one here. Add life to your years because you are enough. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's handiwork. That, if you can picture someone who works with his hands or works with a piece of wood and crafts and shapes and sands and chisels, we are that piece of wood in God's hands. We are God's handiwork, and we're created in Christ Jesus, not by Christ Jesus, not with Christ, in Christ Jesus. So to me, we're, we're, we're mixed in together with Jesus. We're not separated. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen? We know that. We're not doing this alone. And God created it in advance for us to do. So again, he has set these plans in motion already. He has set these plans in motion. And the biggest problem that we have is the guy in the mirror. Ooh, the guy in the mirror. Let me tell you, when you have a problem and you ask the guy in the mirror for the answer... Ooh, you're going to get the wrong answer. I use that a lot as I coach people. You go to the mirror and you ask the guy in the mirror, he's going to give you the answer you want to hear. Wrong answer most of the time. Anybody ever done that? How well has it turned out? Not very well. Because most of the time, the guy in the mirror is the problem. The guy in the mirror is the problem. So what do we have to do? We have to be reminded that when we look in the mirror and we ask the question, we, we have to understand that the guy in the mirror is only giving one view. Out of 360 degrees, you get one degree. One degree. So if I move over one degree, Lady Carolyn looks different. If I move over a second, she looks different. And the same the other way. You see one degree. And that's truth to you. But if you hold on to that as an absolute truth, as the only truth, now you're in trouble. Somebody sees your backside, and what do they see? Different view. Maybe a, a donkey. <laughs> I'm not pointing fingers, but understand 
We only see one way, one view. And that's why we need others into our life, come into our life to help us, to speak truth to us, to encourage us, to remind us that you are enough. Because if you stay there, if you stay there, you'll never get to where you need to go. Because your world is one degree. And there's 359 other degrees, 359 other views of that situation. And that's why we're the body. And it's not just the fact that we need a leader in our life. We just need someone who cares and loves us to speak truth to us. Get around some people like that to be built up, to encourage, to remind that you are enough. And don't get the same kind of people. Don't. I had a conversation with my son not too long ago, and he said, Dad, you know, when I talk to John, he gives me that, that view. When I talk to Jim, he gives me that view. And when I talk to Stan, he gives me this view. He's learned. What has he learned? That some of his friends have a certain personality, and they're going to give you the same answer all the time. I, I talked to one of our leaders at the church, and him and I jab back and forth. We joke at each other, and I just... I always, I always slap him on the head. I just give it to him. And he dro- he's one of the elders in the church. <laughs> and he drops his head. He says, I'm not getting any love here. No, you're not getting any love. Go find a pastor. I'm not, I'm not pastoral right now. I'm giving you truth. We sometimes need some truth. It's okay. You'll live. It's okay. You'll live. You'll live. God so much cares about each of us that he positions us in the right place for the right season. Don't ever believe you're in the wrong place. It may look like it. How do you change your circumstance? Sometimes you have no ability. Victor Frankl, who was a survivor of the Holocaust, Survived for four years in the concentration camp while his family was killed. He survived. He says, when you cannot change your circumstance, you change your mindset, and your circumstances will change. He couldn't change his circumstances. They would sit at night and pick fleas off each other before they went to bed. I read his book recently. I, I couldn't believe it. And then when someone died, they would look at their shoes, and if they were better than theirs, they'd take them and switch them out. I said they survived the Holocaust. I can't imagine. I don't know if any of you are in that situation that that's bad. I don't think so. I've never been in that situation that that's bad. And he survived, and he's, when he got out, he's a, he's a psycho, um, psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist, And he went on to help many people. 
you don't know what you're destined for. Don't look in the mirror and say, I'm not enough. Because God already created the plan ahead of time. I made this comment at, at PMAC on, on Friday, or Saturday, I think I said it, yesterday. We have to get out of the way. We have to get out of the way. God's already put the plan inside of us. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit reveals God's plan. So who's our worst enemy? See, we, 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 we give Satan too much credit sometimes. We do. I, and I'm not, I'm not against fighting Satan, but, but let's start right at home. If I'm going to be dumb, if I'm not going to see things truly as they are and go blame Satan, who's the dumb one? What's the truth? If what has been good, deposited, plan that has already been put inside of me is in there, how's it going to get out? If I sit there and say, what was me? I can't do this. I'm not enough. No one loves me. I'm no good. The plan is still inside. Who's going to crack that nut? Who's going to peel that banana to get it out? Who's the worst enemy? I don't pastor very often because I love to confront, and, and, and pastoring and confronting doesn't always work that well. Then after they see me, they have to go to counseling. So it doesn't work that well. So I only put my pastor's cap on sometimes. I leave it to the pastors in, in, in our church to look after them. I love to confront. I love it. Why? Because I love people, I care for them, and I want to see them change for them, not for me. Every time I coach somebody, I say, do you, do you want to change? What do you need to do? They tell me, are you gonna do it? Because it doesn't do me any good. It's gonna change your life if you do it. Not gonna change my life. It's gonna change your life. That's what I love to do, confront them with the truth, of who they are, and they are more than enough. They are more than enough. Here's a passage that I read, I've read a number of times, and a couple years ago, God showed me something in this passage. It's in John 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. Okay, so I've always read this verse as I must deny myself. I must deny myself of the good things in my life, right? Be a martyr, you know, and, and, and just not enjoy myself. God showed me, whoever wants to be my disciple deny, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. God showed me something a couple years ago, a revelation to me, 
Maybe not to you, but to me. I'm going to share this. How do you know what to deny yourself if you don't know yourself? Ouch. How do you know if you're insecure or you're offendable or you got a bad temper? See, we always thought deny the good things. Uh, I'm not going to eat candy, Lord. I'm not going to go to the movies. I'm not going to... Those are things you know and you could deny. What about the things you don't know? If you don't know, how do you deny it? If you can't deny it, then the plan that's already been deposited inside of you cannot come out of you. So if you don't know you're insecure, if you don't know you're offendable, if you don't know you're this or that, how are you going to push that away so the gospel can come out truly pure to someone who needs to hear it? Or are you flavoring it with your bitterness? Are you flavoring the gospel with your insecurity? Ooh, ouch. That's not a very good way to share the gospel, is it? We need to know who we are. We need to confront those things that God has shown us and God will show us through other people. And it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Because you cannot deny if you don't know. The biggest piece that I work with people right now is self-awareness. Becoming more aware of who you are. You don't know how much freedom you can get from becoming free and understanding who you are. When I really discovered that I, I can pastor sometimes, but I can't pastor all the time, it was really good. So sometimes I can pastor for half an hour and then that's it. That's, that's my max. I can't do this thing full time. We used to pastor a church. I can't do it anymore. But that's good. I'm good with that. At times I wonder, can I do this? And I said, yeah, for half an hour, maybe half a day, and then that's it. I have to be truthful to who I am. I have narrowed what I do now. Because in the coaching, John Maxwell says, you don't want to be just good. You want to be great. So I want to be great at two or three things. Because the enemy of great is good. Ooh, I used to be good at, at 10 things. Really, I was. But I wasn't great. The enemy of great is good. Don't settle for good. All of you have great things inside of you. You need to be called out, reminded of. You are more than enough. Paul Martinelli, the president of the John Maxwell team, says, 
Self-doubt is the anchor that keeps our ships from sailing. We all been there. We all doubt. I even doubted before I came. I didn't know what I was going to do even coming down here. Other than look pretty, but... You can laugh at me. I laugh at myself. My kids laugh at me all the time. We sang about desperation. Bishop talked about desperation coming up. The question is how how desperate are you? When I first met Pearl in church, when we were in grade seven, man, my eyes lit up. I had to chase her. I was desperate for her. I was desperate. We finally, she, she finally succumbed to my advances. So we've been together since we're 14 years old. Since grade eight, we've been together. I was desperate. I got there. I need to be reminded how desperate I need to be about God and about who God's called me to be. We have to have that desperation, that desire to put other things aside. When I was chasing her, I don't think about much of anything else. Hormones are going. It's like, man. (laughs) You got to do the same thing. Going after what God has for you. But it starts in believing that you are enough. Stop believing the reports and the comments of other people. I have in the last six months cut out as best I can and I, I feel I've done a pretty good job of negative thought a negative self-talk to myself I really have and I knew about it years ago but I was not consistent and it's changed my life before I go to bed I speak to myself when I get up I speak to myself I look out and I see great loving people. A church on the verge of going the next step. But the church won't go there unless you do your part. I want to encourage you and challenge you that the plan is already inside of you. Work on moving aside those doubts, those fears, those anxieties, and believe the truth that's already been planted into you. Come on Sunday with excitement to hear the word of the Lord, to interact, to connect and worship. Get up every day believing that you're going to affect somebody's life and somebody's life is going to touch you. This is not just positive thinking. This is a way of life. The spirit in this house, the people in this house, God is ready to take you guys further. A shakeup is coming because 
God wants to use you guys in a greater way. And you are enough. What's in this house is enough to go this next step. But you've got to believe it, each one of you. Not when Bishop gets up and says it, but you have to look in the mirror and say, I believe it. I get up some mornings and just say, I am awesome. I am awesome. Because the devil's not going to say that to me. I am awesome. And that's not a prideful statement. That's a son statement. I am awesome. Because my God is awesome. He's done an awesome thing and continues to do an awesome thing in me just like you. So the challenge is, if you don't like where you are today, take the steps to change. Don't say, I will, I'm thinking about it. When I hear someone say, I'm thinking about it, the next thing I say, when are you going to do it? So when you hear somebody say, I'm thinking about it, you do that to them. When are you going to do it? And when you look in the mirror and say, I'm thinking about it, you stop yourself and say, when am I going to do it? Confront yourself with truth, the truth that you are enough. You are enough. Stand with me, please.